0: Greetings.
1: Greetings. Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror fantasy trinity, and 20th century entertainment.
0: Uh, I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood.
1: Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, it's been. A really, really exciting month, like past month for the podcast specifically.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: beat a record for our most downloads in one month in April, like over 200 for a little ton of podcasts such as our ourselves. But humble. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like a, that's a big deal for us. So thank you. Thank you. Shout out to... To Time Shifters podcast, they like made us a promo. Hello, that's like super fucking nice and generous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I
0: listened to it, and it was like super Profesh, professional, right? Yeah. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very impressed, and we are super grateful for that. So go listen to their Aragon episode. We are gonna take a little pause and do a little tip for tat. We're gonna play a promo for their podcast. So, thanks again, Christopher, um, over at Time Shifters Podcast for being a Discord member, um, showing us this kind of support and, and kind of showing us the ropes, too, a little bit um, in podcasting. Uh, we really appreciate it. So, here it is. Give it a listen, guys. We let things pile up in the DVR, we add them to our queues, we wait for the DVDs and Blu rays, we time shift time shifters podcast sci-fi horror fantasy superheroes comedy action film television maybe some not so current events find us on itunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com So thanks again, and um, we do recommend their show. They actually kind of have a similar format to ours Mm -hmm. a little
0: bit, too, which I thought was really cool. I I feel like they're kind of like the guy version of (laughs) us.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so that, like, again, that was a big announcement for us. Big shout-outs. We're getting shout-outs. Shout-outs all around.
0: (laughs) I feel like we're exciting. It
1: is. and. Uh, we joined like with the pod nation, um, kind of thing on Twitter. So uh, I haven't been as active as I thought I was going to try to be on Twitter. (laughs) Like you are very much with the discord. Real life is just getting, (laughs) yeah, real and intense for me, um, with my day job and everything. So we're trying, but thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh We also released our first mini sewed, um, last week. And it's like, I'm calling it bloopy dupes. Yes. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was what I went with. <laughs> bloopy dupes. <laughs> the bloopy dupes mini And I thought they were pretty funny, so if you haven't given that a listen... Uh, give it a listen. Let us know um, if this is something that you guys are interested in. I mean, it's going to be like an every now and then thing that the bloopers are. Uh, but we also are going to maybe look into trying to do some mini-sodes um, kind of in the every other week format, maybe, like we're doing with this. So there's maybe something at least every week coming out from Film Gazers,
0: mm-hmm. maybe.
1: We'll we'll see what kind of time we can devote. I'm not making any promises.
0: If we can uh, commit to that, plus the Twitter, plus the Discord, plus <laughs> our jobs, plus being a mom, plus being a wife. Yeah. <laughs> We'll squeeze it. We'll squeeze it. And, Plus,
1: and, and being cat moms to m- cat multiple moms. cats, <laughs> it's a lot. We're yeah. we're trying to be like the '90s women. Sisters <laughs> yes,
0: doing it. Them.
1: That we watch in all these movies that we adore and love. We mm-hmm. we're trying to have it all. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, it's like the nine days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that though, we are in full swing still of our um, listener's choice. This episode was chosen by Jess's journal sister.
0: Mm -hmm. Rachel, shout out to you. And also, I have to, before I forget again, give a special shout out to her son, Jack. Oh. Um, The cutest little thing ever was he, um, when we were talking about our cousin, Jack, Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, see, mom, they know me. (laughs) That's that's my name. You know, I thought that was so adorable. So um, Jack specifically, shout out to you.
1: Hey, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, and I have to say she picked a good one because this was one that we both always loved. So, yeah. Great pick. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. With that, what else have you been watching?
0: So, last night, me and my mom watched um, People We Hate at the Wedding. <laughs> okay. Whoa. That had uh, Kirsten Bell. Kirsten?
1: Kristen? Kristen Bell? I think it's Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell? I think so, yeah. Who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who you love, but you don't know her name. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: she's super funny. And it had Allison Janney in it. Hmm. Who is she? Beautiful. <laughs> it was decent. Yeah, it was uh, It was cute. Allison Janney is, uh, I think she's like 63, maybe... She is gorgeous. Yeah. She looks... She's got, like, the body of a 25-year-old. She's,
1: like, a real tall lady, too. Because yes. I've watched um, a couple of seasons of that mom show she did with Anna Faris. Okay, I don't
0: think I watched that.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. And she was, like, funny in that. Um, I like Anna Faris. I feel like, though, the... It was too sitcom sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, a little, like, too on the nose. Uh, but they both did, like, really well in it. Um, eventually, it just gave it up but,
0: <laughs> but she enough. wasn't
1: bad in it <laughs> <laughs> that's enough of that yeah I'm like I'm good <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so you also told me that you are back into watching TNG I am. does this mean that you watch Picard have you watched the new season? No, I haven't watched. The oh, okay, season I haven't either yet. So it's a big deal. I have a lot of pressure, and a lot of people like who are like, "Have you fucking watched I it?" I know, yet? but
0: I don't think people understand. I have to be in the mood to watch. Something. Exactly, especially something I can't force myself that to watch I something I know I'm I gonna can't. love. Yeah. And like I'm I like, have to wait well, I for have the to, time be, to be right. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and the stars have to align a certain way, exactly. and I have to be in a perfect mood so that way. <laughs> My experience will not be tainted Exactly. I watch
0: it. I don't know why that's, that's not hard to understand.
1: (laughs) I think for everyone else, yes, it is hard to understand. That might be just an us thing. Well,
0: you're missing out. Or actually, I can't help it. I don't know what to say. My brain's like, no, don't, don't ruin it. You're not ready. It's like, I only, I only want to watch like Lord of the Rings. And when I watch Lord of the Rings, I have to watch all three. I very committed. It's going to be an all day event.
1: That's so funny. Yeah, I have not watched it though yet either and I I know the time is nigh. I have to start committing soon not. because the spoilers are gonna start coming out. Now that it's over, mm. we you might want to like yeah, start trying to get in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've still, I will, I've still been like just binging regular show, like kind of just before bed, mm-hmm. um, something to relax me and see. That's how <laughs> I've been feeling.
0: I'm like, I need a good comfort show. Yeah.
1: Um, and then our dinner show was I like to call it. <laughs> Because we're very much the people that we eat dinner on our couch, like in front of the TV. Mm. Like, it's just my husband and I. Um, I feel like that's every millennial.
0: I mean, yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> well, because we don't have kids, so I'm not going to yeah. like... We're not going to go sit at the fucking table. Like, <laughs> that's for like either like Sunday night, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been watching Demon Slayer still. And holy fuck, okay. I just finished... We, so, we finally started the new, new season, and we finished the Entertainment District arc. So, if you listen to this and you also watch Demon Slayer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was breathtaking. Like, the animation, dude, it's fucking phenomenal. Ooh. Like, just from a technical standpoint. Like, the studio doing it, oh my god. Like, it is just... It's blown my mind like for what anime can be. It really has. And the story is just so fucking good. Like all of the arcs like just one after other it just keeps getting better and better and better and I'm like holy fuck. I don't know if I, can, I don't know if I can handle how good this is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you know, if you know you know, but if you are like on the verge or have been contemplating watching like anime, like start with Demon Slayer. It is just only going to get better and better as you watch it it's to me a really good one is that it,
0: like new it just came yes out, it
1: is yeah last couple of years like mm-hmm. they're on i think technically the third season now um so yeah it's an amazing show and other than that we also had our movie nights so we did also watch um uh, early M- milizaki film uh nausicaa of the valley of the wind which i somehow missed this one so, Andrew was like, oh, I think you'd really like it. And I really liked <laughs> it. It was also really good. It was like an early Princess Mononoke, in a okay. sense, of, like, very about, like, saving the Earth and the planet. And basically, humans are like, fuck the Earth so bad that this, like, decay, um, they call it the Sea of Decay, and it starts, like, taking over the planet. And it's, like, these oversized giant insects that they call ohms, Ooh. but they look like... Kind of a mixture of, like, a crawdad and a roly-poly. Like, they're super cute. (laughs) And um, basically, Nausicaa is the main girl. She's the princess of this valley that has, like, learned to survive and kind of thrive living right next to this so-called sea of decay. Because, like, the spores and everything will fuck you up if you're in there. But she's, like... Learned how to navigate, and like she's just a fucking badass through the whole fucking movie, like strong, like female, you know, lead character um the animation was beautiful like them going where the giant bugs live in the forest of that and then you find out you know that the sea of decay is actually like purifying the earth again Mm. uh, because the humans fucked it up so bad so they just have remnants of like the old society and like you know planes or this or that that they've kind of figured out and then there's people that come they like try to fuck them up and it's a whole thing like great (laughs) great fucking like animated kids movie for sure So, I recommend that one as well. What was the name of it? Uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Was it streaming on something?
1: Um, Yeah, I believe they're on HBO. I think think, uh, HBO right now has, like, most of the studio Ghibli. um, And even just of that, you know, like, uh, the Japanese, like, um, animated movies that are... Mm. Even if they're not Ghibli. You know, like, other production companies, too. So, they have a whole collection on there. Um, Yeah, and like I said, that was one of the ones I missed. And I'm like, damn. Like, this almost became like one of my favorites after just the first watch it was that good nice we also watched the man from toronto <laughs> with woody harrelson and kevin hart and it was stupid and ridiculous oh i'm but, pretty sure i
0: watched that one too yeah yeah
1: but it was a fine for yeah, like it was a movie a night watch, watch. Yeah. yeah it was you know oh ha 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 a couple of yeah. laugh out loud parts i feel like i
0: did watch something else that came out that was newer but i can't remember what it was oh ghosted <laughs> have you heard of that one had Chris Evans and uh, the girl that was in that blonde movie that was on Netflix. No. It was like Anna or Annie something.
1: Mm.
0: No, I don't think so. That one was pretty cute. Is he a ghost? No, ghosted as in like,
1: oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh. It was... it was a ghost romance movie. <laughs> yes. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> No, it's where he's like a super clingy guy that keeps scaring women off. Oh, (laughs) and oh, he keeps
1: like getting ghosted. Yeah. Oh, okay. He
0: like sends him like twelve texts after the first like you know meetup (laughs) or whatever. Um, so he tried to do that to this girl that he just met up and like, I think they like they might have slept together for whatever. And she actually turned out to be a CIA agent. So he (laughs) had his inhaler in her purse. And he, like, tracked it because he had one of those, like, Apple tabs on it. So, he was, like, that clingy, creepy kind of guy. Ugh. He followed her to Paris to, like, hey, it's me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. But she's CIA. So, yeah. like, they thought he was uh, who she actually was. Like, the bad guys. You know, like, kidnapped him. and
1: Oh, like, mistaken identity. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what the man from Toronto is, too. Yeah. Is they think Kevin Hart is, is the uh, man from right. Toronto. Like, the assassin guy. Yeah. And that's really Woody said. But I like how even in the one I watched, like, oh, somehow the assassin, he has a heart of gold. I know. <laughs> and he feels sorry for little Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, that's like almost how I felt. Like, it was so cheesy. Like, it's stupid. but oh, little Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, it was, it was, yeah, it was stupid funny. So, yeah, that's what we've been up to. Uh, so, let's do the damn thing. Uh, in this episode, we watched 1991's Brad Green Mayers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was released December 27th, 1991. The running time is at uh, 136 minutes. So it is over two hours. Yes. how How long is that? Uh, Two hours and like 13, 16 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't
0: remember it being that long. It took me two days to watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did knock it out last night, but I did have to pause it a couple of times Mm -hmm. to take like a break. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to get a drink. I got to go potty. (laughs) I need an intermission. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was directed by John Avnet. Uh, the screenplay was by Fanny Flagg and Carol Sobieski, which I wonder, any relation... To Lily Sobieski? I mean, I feel like that wouldn't be a very common name in Hollywood specifically, but you never know. You never know. Uh, based on uh, the book, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg, mm-hmm. which this is one where I haven't read the book either. So, I think this might be next uh, on my reading list.
0: I did read the book.
1: Oh, okay. Good to know.
0: But you know my memory. Oh. I remember enjoying
1: it. I Well, and the fun facts when we get there, I'll have... I did write down a few mm-hmm. to talk about the differences okay. between the book and the movie. So, that might refresh your memory. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it was produced by John Avnet and Jordan Kerner. It was starring Kathy Bates, Jessica Tandy, Mary Stuart Masterson, Mary Louise Parker, and Cicely Tyson. Cinematography was Jeffrey Simpson. It was edited by Deborah Neil Fisher. Music by Thomas Newman. The budget was $11 million. It made $119.4 nice. So, say scary. it did pretty fucking well.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was like an essential 90s, especially like chick flick movie. You oh, know? yeah,
1: for sure. It was like a quintessential yeah that um i think even in the notes i put it was like the the epic 90s drama that were so prominent like forrest gump and you know like Magnolia. yeah Yeah. like that's that formula
0: yeah um and me and my mom watched the shit out of those movies back then (laughs) (laughs) like everyone did yeah (laughs) epic women's movies yes
1: all right with the fun facts It was nominated for two Oscars at the 64th um, Annual Academy Awards. (laughs) Fancy. Uh, Best Supporting Actress uh, for Miss Jessica Tandy Mm -hmm. and uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Did not win, but they were nominated. It was filmed in the town of Juliet, Georgia, despite it supposed to be in Alabama, But they essentially did make uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe and they recreated it to mirror the set. Um, Even the director kind of like encouraged the locals to do it um, because, you know, spring and more economy too for them. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. So apparently there is a recreation there. Is it still there? I don't know. That's the one thing I didn't get to. I ran out of time. I was tired. (laughs) So we'll, we'll have to look it up and see. Maybe there'll be like a dream pit stop one day or something oh. if it's still yeah up and running i wonder though after covid like how many places like that were able Didn't to like it? yeah like bounce back or survive but georgia's not that far from us yeah yeah it might be we'll have to figure it out we'll look into it um so the b sequence that was all 100 percent real she did that the actress like there was no stunt double the stunt double chickened out she was like, No, nah, I don't I'm not gonna do it. How do
0: you get the bees to not sing you?
1: I guess she really is a bee charmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is um what I had uh swiped uh Ugh. word for word. Um it gives me like literal goosebumps. She was introduced to the onset bee expert, um, and then she did decide that she would do the stunt herself, and she stuck her hand inside a live beehive. Oh, my God. Um, so, the director is quoted, this is not CGI. That's a couple of hundred thousand bees around a hive and a real honeycomb. Because, actually, honeybees are relatively safe. Um, they don't bother you unless you like really provoke them. So if they're, if you're being chill, you know, like she's doing, and I think many beekeepers, you know, also are aware of that. So I guess, you know, I just
0: thought they like stunned them with smoke usually.
1: I don't know. Like I said, she really did it, so it's possible. Like, that's all a real scene. Uh, so, I feel like...
0: Terrifying.
1: I feel like, too, when you watch it, and then you even Mary Louise Parker when she's, like, watching. The like, is that a real yeah. look of
0: terror, probably?
1: Because <laughs> like, she nailed that look. She did. Like, and she looks genuinely like, fuck. Like, you could have died. <laughs> so... <She>
0: like... <laughs> Flooded her downstairs
1: and get <laughs> She's like, "Oh Lord, of mercy, uh, you're a Becham, <laughs> Miss Injuthorge, <you> <laughs> Threadgood, 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 <laughs> good like George."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's uh, bad to the bone.
1: <laughs> um, so it was also uh, Mary Louise Parker was born in South Carolina. Um, So the director has says that she had a beautiful Southern accent the first time she came in. And he's quoted as saying, although typical to her nature and to many actors, they insist on having a dialogue coach to ruin it. (laughs) Um, But he says, but luckily didn't prevail. So he thinks that she did a good job with her Southern accent. Although I am going to point out that even Andrew last night... We were joking around because it was Mary Stuart Masterson. I don't know where she is from. And who knows? Maybe that is a real Southern accent. But it just does not sound. It sounds like that fake Southern. You know? The, oh, well, I don't know, Andy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Barney Fife kind of stuff. Sometimes. Like, I think they did overall a good job. But it's just certain things, like the way she twangs it or says it. Size um, it. Size it. <laughs> size <laughs> it. why she size it. <laughs> like, it just feels too put upon. Yeah. So, where the book differs is, um, contrary to the ending of the movie, Iggy is not Ninny. Like, in the end of the movie, they make it seem almost like, oh, has Ninny been Iggy the whole time? A wink. Right. Like, right. but in the book, that wasn't the case at all. In the book What? Ninny was just Ninny. She was actually... Was Iggy alive, though? Yeah. Like, Iggy was, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, she was still a separate person. They were not the same person. It was not implied in any way that that's what happened. Um, Ninny was actually married just to Iggy's older brother, Cleo. Like, so she's supposed to be Iggy's sister-in-law. Okay, I was yeah. like well if she was so close to her how come you never see her throughout the whole movie? <laughs> right? And then I guess it's also in the books. I guess there was like a sequel book too. And so Iggy takes off for Florida with another brother, Julian, um where for decades she runs a roadside stand um in using her talents as a bee charmer. Like so she basically like goes and collects wild honey and stuff. And in the book, while Flag never, like, directly calls Ruth and Iggy um, lesbians, Mm -hmm. in the book it's very much, like, yes, they are a couple. You know, like, they're falling in love. This is their love story. Like, there's no... Like, it's just, that's it. That is what it is. And it's even forefront that Iggy is, like, a lesbian 100%. Like, again, it's not the term, but it's just, it is what it is. Like, this is the story. Right. Um, So that does differ, because in the book, they do. They, like, I mean, I'm sorry, in the movie, it, it is, like...
0: Best friends.
1: Best friends. It's the whole thing. And it feels very, like, I mean, whitewashed, I guess, you know, for, like, lack of a better term. Straight washed. <laughs> you know. Yeah, or, right. Um Yeah. Yeah, straightwashed. That's what we'll do. Because they left it open-ended. But then they don't. But then it's, like, very direct in that you can tell these two women are, like...
0: Maybe they felt like at that time they couldn't be forefront about it anyway. And And that is what I I found
1: reading, yeah, into this. So they try to
0: make it like, oh, the best friends, wink, wink.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right, yeah. (laughs) Like a
0: hush, hush, best friends. French.
1: <laughs> and that was what their fear was, too, because it is a movie that was kind of directed also, let's be honest, to like a southern audience. Mm. So during that time, um, I, I read a really good article on uh, BuzzFeed, and it was like, yes, um, like, Fried Green Tomatoes is a lesbian movie, like, and, and why why it is right. and why it's good and, and all of that. And, um, and they do... Like, there's, like, okay, with a 2023 lens, um, or later, I, I don't know when the article was written, 2020s maybe, but um, in a modern day lens, it almost felt like, like, even in the 90s, people were kind of like, oh, it's a cop-out with the best friend line in the end, and, like, you, right. like, just null and voided it, and um, still, like, erasing, erasing the exposure, you know, of this group of people, and lesbian love stories in general, but in the article they were like well also though if you look at the time like the AIDS epidemic was still like kind of it was 91 you know so it was still kind of going strong so there was already that like animosity that was going on with the gay community so yeah it was just a very interesting read of them touching into that fact and that it's still though a wholesome lesbian love story, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, besides the murder, but <laughs> <laughs> um. but like in that sense, you know, it is very much a fact that at least I felt like in the movie there was no mistake that Iggy Iggy was and that she was right. in love with Bruce. I do feel like that at least did come across and no one does does really dispute that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's what I kind of found with the information, yeah, but the, like, subtext of their relationship. I
0: felt like they kind of left it open in so you could take it how you wanted it. Yeah. yeah you could kind of see what you wanted to see. Exactly. Like and at
1: that. that era, it probably yeah. made the most sense for that time. Um, for the rating,
0: too, because wasn't it, like, PG? I don't think it was PG. I think it was PG-13, at least. Really?
1: Probably, yeah. Those were some of the little tidbits I got into. I'm glad, though, I did read that. And what was happening in the book as well. Because when I was younger, like, I always felt like, Iggy, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I think she's in love with Ruth. But I always felt like it was almost unrequited in the same sense. Because when I was young, I'm like, well, was Ruth in love with her too? Like, because, like, in the movie, she's always going like, oh, maybe if I leave, you'll settle down and stuff like nice. that. So I was like, does Ruth, like actually does Ruth know (laughs) like yeah I think Ruth knows yeah no now that this rewatch I was like oh uh, I get it now but you know when you're young I like didn't quite like understand like oh does Ruth not know and like doesn't realize that Edgy's in love with her, like in that way. Like, you know, like, right. oh, is Ruth just oblivious? Like, we're best friends. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> the way that they ended, you know, Jessica Tandy going, like, best friends, that's what life's about. <laughs> like, oh, uh, that, that scene pissed me off. I'm like, love, no, it's supposed to be love. <laughs> that's what I said about yeah. Yeah, like, they loved each other. It's fine. <laughs> we can talk about it.
0: <laughs> well, I thought she was kind of more referencing to her and uh, Kathy Bates, too, though.
1: That's true, yeah. So it could be in, uh, in that context. And then that's fine as well. But, yeah, it did feel like... That one scene, There does feel like a cop-out, where it yeah. kind of is trying to, like, null and void their relationship. Face well, Angie and, and Ruth's relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, but with that, Jess is gonna taking away with the you yeah, go, go summary
0: <laughs> on one of trapped housewife Evelyn couch's Wednesday nursing home visits she encounters Ninny Threadgood a colorful old woman who brightens Evelyn's outlook by sharing tales from her past as Ninny recounts the exploits of her free spirited sister-in-law Iggy owner of a small Alabama cafe in the 1920s and the bond Edgy shared with her friend Ruth, Evelyn gains the confidence to change her own life for the better, Frad.
1: All right. So what were your early memories of this film? I remember watching this
0: a lot, um, throughout my childhood mm-hmm. it like I said came out in ninety one. Um and it was one of those that was in rotation with like terms of endearment, mm-hmm. so Magnolia's, um, The Evening Star, which was my personal favorite.
1: <laughs> I remember always watching that one at your house. Yes, like that was uh, my own
0: personal favorite of those Definitely. Genre.
1: Uh, same for me. Grew up watching it. I remember watching it with my family, um, with Aunt Daisy, with every, everybody. Mm. Like, everybody had it playing at their house at yeah. some time during my childhood. Like, yeah, definitely just a classic. Uh, I feel like it's almost a southern essential as well. Right. It, it really is. What are most memorable scene?
0: I particularly like in movies when they show like the food spreads yes and they're like oh whipping up the potatoes or like frying the tomatoes mm-hmm. i Enjoy that. So I always remember that scene from it.
1: The cooking. The cooking and mm-hmm. like and
0: spreading the food out. And, yeah.
1: And the kitchen. Yeah. like And it all coming into place. Yeah.
0: And well, I guess I don't remember much else from this movie because I don't remember them barbecuing his ass. You don't? No. I don't remember that at all. Oh my gosh. So
1: when was the last time you watched it?
0: I Now I don't remember. Cause oh dang. I was like, I guess I watched it so much throughout my youth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got like, I got this. I remember all of it. Nope. So now I'm like, when was the last time I watched it? I guess it's been a while.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been around that eight, nine year mark for me. Again, it was one of those when I did that 90s binge where I watched all of my childhood favorites. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably like eight or nine years. Um, yeah. A few things that I didn't remember, um, again, looking in with a more modern perspective as well. And when I did that binge back then, again, it was a binge, so sometimes I was watching two or three movies in a day, so sometimes they weren't holding, like, yeah, like, my full attention sometimes, or I was doing things, so, so yeah, it was uh, a really, I felt like this was a really good rewatch for me, because I really caught things that, when I was thinking back, I'm like, oh... I thought that happened or this, but the one thing that's for me, the most memorable is them barbecuing his ass. <laughs> like that's what I remembered. I love this movie. Uh, for one of the reasons for me is because it technically is a little bit of a murder mystery, you right, know, right. Um, which, you know, I love me a good murder mystery. And I also like really looked up to Iggy. I thought she was just so fucking cool. Mm. And I was a tomboy when I was a kid and I liked to climb the trees and I liked bugs and all that stuff. So to me, as a little girl watching it, I just really related to that. And the opening scene of her refusing to like wear the dress, you mm-hmm. know, like I really loved that. And even now I still loved it, you know, yeah. like just let kids be who they want to be. Like they're, don't, you know, right. force them to do this shit that they don't well, want to do. And then they
0: didn't. So then they let her wear like a, you know, mm-hmm, suit, a suit at their <laughs> wedding. <laughs>
1: we'll get into that but but yeah so for me i even almost like looked up to like the character like Mm -hmm. somewhat um and yeah i the murder, like yeah like them barbecuing his ass i was like that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) you know i love a good cannibal movie (laughs) i love watching cannibals (laughs) feeding him To the
0: detective. I know. Uh, Yep, pizza Chef's kiss. Yep. (laughs) This is the best barbecue in town.
1: (laughs) Alright, so let's just, yeah, fully get into it. It starts off with what I remember being the most comforting, like, nostalgic with a universal intro for Universal Pictures or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just the intro for that. Like, I was like, oh man, I forgot about this, like... Their little logo. And was it like the planet or whatever? Yeah, the planet okay. and just the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, it's just they don't have that one. They, you know, they don't use that one anymore. So it was very... Even Andrew made a point when I started the movie and he was like, oh man. He's like, that takes me back. And I'm like, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> nostalgia. Yeah, just instant nostalgia before the movie even yeah. starts, basically. Warm cozies. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a very long-winded intro. With the ghost train. The ghost train. That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> that's exactly what the director has also referred to it as. That was like his first idea, I guess. When he, I guess he read the book or whatever, or the screenplay, and then was like, "Ooh, that's what he kind of saw and imagined to like intro the movie." Yeah, in. I um, dug it. I didn't mind it. I mean, it would be okay, but it just shows like the tracks mostly, and then it's just you know just regular credits. So
0: did you hear
1: that, Ed? <laughs> Kathy Bates
0: in this proves what a good actress she is. She really is. Oh my God. It was so hard
1: for me to remember that she spoke in that like falsetto almost the whole time. She was so good at it. She was so good at it. Evelyn Couch. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we get the introduction of her. They stop in this ghost forgotten town uh, for what though? Like, I guess they just got turned around. They just or got something. turned around. So he was just figuring out where they were on the that. map. Or
0: they had whatever. to go get the payphone because it's 91. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so they were on their way though to um, a retirement <laughs> that's home.
0: that's where Ninny lived, it was right there by the train tracks.
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly right there. And I forgot that Jessica Tandy was called Ninny. <laughs> That's the one big thing yeah, that I Yeah, I didn't definitely forget. didn't remember that. Because in like my family, yeah, in our family, a ninny is a nipple. Yeah. Like,
0: it's particularly on an animal. Yeah. Like when your cat has kittens, they're like, oh. Get a ninny. Get a ninny.
1: <laughs> <Like, laughs> get in there and get a ninny. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what you said. So, yeah. This is very hard for me to remember that. Oh, my God. Her name's Nipple. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. So I like how it is a very storybook. I don't hate it though, but yeah. it absolutely is that very cheesy storybook where they get to the retirement home for uh, Evelyn Couch's husband Ed and his mean old aunt. And she don't like Evelyn. So <laughs> Evelyn is forced to retreat. Um and ends up being like the main visitor waiting room whatever area, common area. And then oh eccentric old nanny shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like how she's just trying to make do and and conversation and talk as old ladies do. Mm-hmm. But then she carries on with like, I was like, oh, and then she just casually mentions the murder. <laughs> <laughs> to, oh, by the way, you want to hear about a murder? Yeah. Oh, and that was, well, that was before she was tried for murder. <laughs>
0: like. And uh, what I wrote when she was going on and on, but so Kathy Bates is like, bitch, let me eat my candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, lady. <laughs> i like, what, eat my candy bar I
1: didn't That's why she like said she had to casually mention that, throw in a little, like, intrigue. Appetiza. Yeah. And then, of course, then she grabs um, Kathy Bates' character's attention. And this is where she goes full narrator mode, like, I really
0: instantly. Well, when she was like,
1: the name is your Good
0: Why <laughs> right you about? said good too? <laughs> is it Thagood? Edgythagood. <laughs> like, Why the fuck would she know her? How would she know her? <laughs> Why would that name ring a bell? <laughs> She's old. She's just asking. She don't know.
1: <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Oh, so yeah. So this is when we get into the intro scene of when Iggy and Ruth and Iggy's brother Buddy are younger. And they are attending one of the older sisters, I guess, weddings. Um, and this is when she refused to put on the dress. So you're basically getting an introduction that Iggy is a stubborn, ornery, tomboy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like how she ends up being dressed like Dennis the Menace. Yes. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, that's exactly... She was just Dennis that's exactly the Menace. she like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was all it was. <laughs> Uh, and this is where they establish like the early beginnings of Ruth and Iggy's, um relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. basically, Buddy was interested in Ruth, but they seem like Ruth is also interested in Buddy. Yeah, so then that just leads me to believe, okay, was that like that in the books is what I wondered because, like I said, the book seems to be very forefront remember. in the relationship. Um, when I looked into it, I do believe that that wasn't the case. Yeah, that, um, she was with, uh, she never dated Buddy, um, and she only met Iggy until the mom just reached out to her for the help. So that makes more sense in that respect. So I'm like, okay, like, Ruth is 100, that is why I always never knew, I was like, was Ruth on board? With, like, being in love with Iggy, or was she more of, like, the platonic, like I said, it was, like, an unrequited love. Right. Um, So, yeah, basically, in the the book, no, you know, it wasn't the case at all. But in the movie, they had, because that's why I think in the movie it adds a layer of weirdness, because one, Iggy is so much younger looking than Ruth in it. So then I'm like when they're older I'm like, "Well, how old is fucking That's exactly loose. what
0: I wrote. Okay, I was like, "So what is the like timetable?" Yes,
1: that was exactly like a good <laughs> chunk of my
0: notes from the beginning yeah. ended up turning okay. into this what what I is said. it? So when her brother died, her brother was like 16.
1: Maybe say. yeah, okay, maybe 16, 17. Okay.
0: So so
1: that means when like, probably- how much
0: time had passed because Iggy looks at least 16, I'm assuming. When she meets Ruth again.
1: With the longer hair, it's... Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, how old is she then?
1: But she seems to be, like, drinking and and stuff. And, like... And now, granted, it's the 20s. So, I'm saying 16, maybe. So, yeah. Maybe you're right. So, maybe she is 16. So, it's
0: been at least... So, it's been 10 years. So, Ruth has got to be, like, 26.
1: So, then maybe Iggy's, like, 23. So that would I guess make sense. You like think She's that old? Well, okay, well how old, like
0: 3 years different. How old
1: was Iggy in the during the wedding scene?
0: I felt like she was like
1: what, 7 8? Oh, okay. I thought she was maybe like between 10 and 12
0: okay i don't know it's hard yeah see, to it was ages. hard to
1: tell just because they had such a di- they obviously had mary louise parker as herself in that scene right but then Iggy was like young yeah yeah like so I'm like how old is this kid supposed to be
0: i guess if she was eight years older and she was like let's say 10
1: yeah and
0: then when 10 years oh. later she's 20 and she's 28 i guess that's not that weird maybe yeah it just seems a little predatorial to me.
1: I right? Like, yeah, so that's where I was just like, mm. But so the then whole... again,
0: they had shared trauma, so they bonded over that. I'm yeah.
1: Sorry. But again, I think too, maybe it's just Mary Louise Parker was supposed to be maybe only like four. Yeah, maybe they were like fourteen to sixteen or something. Yeah, you know, and then that, that was Yeah, so maybe she's like four or five years older than her. But they just like mm-hmm. the way it does like jump to it, and you're like, wait, how the fuck old are these people? Right. <laughs> How long has it been? Yeah. Like, I was like, what is the timeline? I'm sure so... She went
0: from 8 to, like, 25.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, i like, I don't know. Um, and that is the formula of this movie, though, very much, is it is going to go between... Evelyn Couch and the older <laughs> and Nene, <laughs> Threadgood, uh, telling the stories in the retirement homes, and it's supposed to be in the present, which at that time was 91. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I'm- it goes back into the 1920s. But now watching it during this time, that also made me realize watching this movie is it's always going to be actually a movie regarding two time periods. Um, because... 91 obviously doesn't exist anymore, and neither does that era. So it was kind of like two time capsules. Yeah, it was a fun watch last night because it was like watching two time capsules. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, so now you kind of have that almost layer as well uh, when talking and kind of discussing time this movie
0: Inception. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So yeah, just Jessica Tandy does full narrator mode throughout this uh, movie. Uh she did just get over like having chemo and stuff when she filmed this. Really? Yeah, she was wearing a wig throughout it. She had no hair. Like wow. she had like gone through some intense chemo from cancer and stuff. Um so good on her. She was good. At it. She did really good, yeah. We get the introduction when she's giving the first uh like and then oh the whistle stop cafe. You know, like yeah. or the town and everything. Right. You get to know the townspeople throughout um, the main townspeople you need to know throughout the movie, though, are the sheriff and then um, Sipsy and Big George. Those mm-hmm. are kind of like the major players, and uh, Old Smokey, the homeless guy. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> and kind Frank of Bennett. oh well, and Frank Bennett, of course, <laughs> yeah. But those are the major players for the past characters, um, and then the modern. It pretty much is just Ed and Evelyn. And Ninny, I guess, really.
0: Oh, man, he's a piece of shit. I know. He's a real piece of shit. He's
1: a real piece of shit. And even in the end... Yeah. Like, he's still, like, a piece of shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I still don't like him. So, it does feel like, while you get to see Kathy Bates' Evelyn character progress, and she, like, finds her voice and... Mm -hmm, betters herself. And betters herself, and and learns how to, like, speak up and say what she feels, and not have that Southern politeness, you know, that, like... They really do a good job of showing her like that in the beginning. But, yeah, Ed is a piece of shit. Like, (laughs) I wish they would have ended it with her leaving Ed. Like, being like, nah, Ed, you're kicked out, and then he's going to come live with me. I like it
0: better that she just was like, no, I'm doing it (laughs) anyway. Right. (laughs) I'm making my own money now, so. Yeah, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah.
1: Also, apparently, in some of the other books, like, she uh, goes from selling Mary Kay to, to Cadillacs and oh. She starts making like real good money too, so I was nice. like, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Go, Evelyn.
1: And I like how they are showing Evelyn and all of her like self help things, and she's like, oh, I'm taking these classes to save our marriage. And that was what's fucked up too in the beginning, because it's like, well, only you're doing it. Like that's not oh I'm yeah, gonna, you he ain't know, doing like, shit. Like he's he not ever, even aware. Exactly. Like ever. Uh, but we get that cellophane scene, and I love <laughs> that because like, oh, and when she even <laughs> asks him in her daydream, she's doing it. And he's like, Are oh, you crazy? Neighbors are gonna I see I know, that's what, in her daydream. Cause at first I was like, Wait, is that a
0: memory? Like, did yeah, that actually happen? Yeah. And then I'm like, Okay, no. that's But not then it. when she
1: actually tasks him, she
0: remembers, like, to imagine herself wearing cellophane like that. When I would imagine, like, What if I was dressed in cellophane? It would not be an elaborate thing with like a <laughs> fucking shawl, like a cellophane shawl and gloves. <laughs>
1: Cause she wants to be elegant, (laughs) (laughs) eleganza, (laughs) eleganza. extravaganza. Oh, all day. I know it cracked me up too. But then I just love though that even in her fantasy, he was like not into it. And then when she's like, Ed, what would you do if I would? And then he was like, Oh, to call the loony Band. Like, yeah. Like fuck you, Ed. I know. (laughs) I hate him from the beginning. And then when she took off his hat,
0: was rubbing his
1: sweaty head. Ew! I know. (laughs) Sweaty anybody's head. I know. So yeah. So that's basically. I mean, just happens repeatedly on the the Kathy Bates side of the story. Because also in the the Win scene. Yeah. (laughs) um, Of course, the it's like to me, it's probably one of the more iconic scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, the young little girls uh, in the Volkswagen. And that, that acting on hers. them, man. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, lady, we're younger and faster. Like, <laughs> uh, hugging <at> each other. <laughs> they were terrible. I, I Why are you crazy? <laughs> but the iconic, uh, I'm basic girls, I'm older and have more insurance. But she still just fucking drives away. <laughs> Like, she straight up, like, road rage hit and runs that car. Six times. She leaves no information. Like, later when Ed's like, oh, you just accidentally hit someone six times or whatever. But I'm like, how do they know where to find her? (laughs) (laughs) I know that was like the same day, wasn't it? <laughs> she didn't even like leave. Like, oh, here's my insurance information. Yeah. She's just like, come find me, bitch. <laughs> I guess and she put the onus on them. Was like, y'all gotta find me to pay for it.
0: <laughs> I guess they did though.
1: Oh, that just cracked me up. Like when I really thought about that, like, it just drives away.
0: <laughs> I know. I was like, damn, because oh. I, I remember it. I thought she just pushed the car out of the way and took the parking spot was like my memory, but (laughs) nope. Nah, she has
1: hit that motherfucker like multiple times. It was (laughs) nice to watch though, uh, as being someone who is, uh, I mean, let's face it. We're like, Middle aged now, and um, I do have better insurance. And then sometimes I do see these people and these dumbass motherfuckers the way they drive, and I have a lot of road rage. And I'm like, "Yes, Kathy, Get it. <laughs> drop it, into that Volkswagen, do it for us all, Kathy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can relate. Yeah. So basically, the story unfolds though with the the love story of Ruth and Iggy. Um, because, uh, yeah, buddy dies in the beginning. I really,
0: I totally forgot about that. I, I also, too.
1: I forgot the timeline, the way it worked. Like so quickly in my head, the one thing I did, re- uh, get mixed up was the buddy jr. Mm, and buddy, yeah. like I thought in the beginning when they were doing this, I was like, oh, this is where the guy loses his arm. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I had just, because they were buddy and buddy jr. I like yeah. totally got it mixed up. So, yeah, I was surprised that that scene was, like, the opening scene almost yeah. of, like, when they were, when she's a kid and all of that. And then, so, Iggy goes feral essentially. Goes
0: She retreats into the woods. Yes, that's
1: what they, that's what they say. Like, she <laughs> retreats to the woods. So, she's just been, like, hanging out with, like, the river folk. Yeah. I guess, or the river club or American something. camp or whatever. Um, the river, it, it was called the river club, wasn't the it? The river club, Yeah. Hanging out at the bar, essentially. Yeah, just uh, the <laughs> bar people, I guess, the bar flies. And she's like, calling the Reverend a snake. <laughs>
0: Snick?
1: Yeah. Being like, a general... Um, riff raff um, Yeah, riff-raff, hooligan, ragamuffin. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you. And the mother calls in Ruth to be like, I need a lady to knock some sense into Iggy. This is where, though, I'm like, is it really a good idea to bring the girl who technically, I feel like Iggy would be like, it's your fault he's Yeah, because he
0: was looking for, or your trying to get your stupid hat. hat. Your hat.
1: Your fancy lady hat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, absolutely-
0: then the whole buddy, I'm like, why the fuck do they, I'd be like, nobody go to the trains. If you go to the trains, I'll beat your ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Obviously, it's not safe. It is totally not safe. Like, that's twice in like a generation. Yeah. That's excessive. And they got the
1: same name. This family is cursed. It's cursed. I know. I was like, do not need to Stay away from these trains. (laughs) Nah, they are all about playing on those train tracks. (laughs) I mean,
0: I get it. Uh, Up in Georgia, where I would go as a kid.
1: We you would, went straight to the train tracks. We track. walked
0: straight down to the train tracks.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a magnet for children. Yeah, we go down the
0: woods and we put like a penny on the
1: track and wait for the train and like, oh, it flattened the penny. Oh man. So yeah, so this is the yeah where you get the the coming of age almost love story between uh, Ruth and Iggy a little bit. They have a magical, amazing summer together. Feeding the poor by, you know, hopping on the train and throwing the canned goods out.
0: Throwing canned goods to, <laughs> like, four-year-olds as they're running. Like, chugging. Like, that
1: seems unsafe. I know. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Someone might get a concussion. Yeah. Um, or kill somebody. But they do. And so, basically, too, Ruth is supposed to be influencing Iggy, but it ends up, the opposite happens, is Iggy ends up influencing she Ruth. She
0: the pants right off of us. Yeah,
1: she does. Um... And they even have a nice, like, romantic scene by the river, and that's, though, where Ruth is like, oh, well, I'm going to be uh, even doing what I'm supposed to be doing, Marrying and I'm getting married um, when the summer's over. And even Edgy's like, oh, you're getting, like, married? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I know. Um, so, yeah, so basically, and then Ruth does that. She goes and leaves and gets married. But this is where I'm also wondering, because they talk about Ruth being the preacher's daughter. But not that one. But not that one, I yeah, guess. Not that and sure. then, and a lot of the synopsises and like, like I said, I read some of these articles and stuff. They kind of mention that oh, well, Ruth is obligated to marry Frank Bennett because he's gonna take her and her mom in. That's
0: okay. That, so, but, that's but I was like I was why thinking. would her
1: mom need to be taken in if her dad's a fucking preacher? Like, well, why, he wouldn't, he dead. why wouldn't... Why wouldn't... No, because later they even say like oh, when... Uh, When Frank comes to steal the baby and Ruth was out of town, it's supposed to be Ruth was out of town because she was doing one of her father's... Revival? Revival. Preacher things or something. No, no, I thought she was with
0: this preacher. Oh, I thought
1: they said her father. Maybe that's what it was. But either way, it sounded like I was like, why... Does her mom need to be taken care of when it sounded like her dad was still alive? And why though? would her mom be okay with, like, some guy beating on her daughter? Just so they could live somewhere. Because people are yeah. like, oh, they would have been homeless if blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, really? Like, I'm pretty which, sure the uh, thread goods Right? Yeah. Thread yeah. yeah would have taken, taken them in. Them in. Or, or the actual preacher would have, like, maybe pro- helped provide for them something. Right. I don't know. It just seemed really weird. And then also, because they were living in Alabama, and then Frank Bennett takes them to Valdosta, Georgia. And then even when he comes, he's the one who brings in the Klan members. Right. So even all those Klan <clears throat> people are supposed to be from Valdosta. Yeah. So that also confused me, because I'm like, what ties did Ruth have to Frank and Valdosta then? Because he was in... Their town when she was like, because remember, he even like meets Iggy and he's like, Well, aren't you fine looking? Well, you know, like whatever. He kind of like hits on her. And so I'm like, What the fuck was he doing in this Alabama town anyway? Yeah, like, why was he there to begin with? Who did he know? Why did Iggy know him or how did she know him to even remotely gonna be marrying him? Like, they don't really ever explain that. yeah. Oh, yeah. Me Ruth. That's what I meant. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, it's probably, like, through their family or something. I guess, sure. yeah.
1: It's just they never, it never, like, quite made sense to me in that respect. The because man,
0: when she said the man I am supposed to marry, I assumed, like, it was arranged, basically. I guess
1: her. so, yeah. I mean, that would make sense then. But just because I'm like, well, he was in town then, but then later, and the sheriff and everything, like, oh, we don't recognize you. You're not from here. Like...
0: Oh, well, you maybe know, he was out.
1: Yeah, so it's just weird, like, the dynamics. I didn't quite yeah. understand, like, Frank Bennett and his connection <laughs> of why he was connected in any way or was able to marry Bruce at that.
0: Yeah, because where did Ruth live before she went with Frank Bennett? I she thought done. she
1: lived in town. That was the thing. Why else was she? Because she was around Buddy all the time.
0: But I think she was only there for the summer, even then.
1: Oh, okay. So, oh, so maybe they were from Valdosta or something. And she just came in for relative. Maybe you're right. Maybe that was like the, where they were in Alabama was uh, where they would come visit family during the summers. I mean, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I just feel like they're not very clear on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, fuck this Frank Bennett. Nobody Ain't nobody know him. <laughs> right ain't nobody know him. Well, and then, too, so, yeah, so she goes off, she gets married, she does her duty, and then, uh, little creeper, she goes all the way to Valdosta, Iggy does, to, to, like, watch her being taken, moving in, and that house is shitty as fuck. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, what a nice house you got here. I'm like, is it?
0: Is it? It looks haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Exactly. Even for 1920s, I don't think that was a nice house. Exactly. It looks
0: a little, like, uh, rambling, shambling.
1: Yeah. So, Iggy uh, basically doesn't speak to her for years and years and years. Um, and does her ruffian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Gambling smoking and drinking. hmm And then it turns out that Ruth has been getting beaten this whole time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, another great scene. I feel like almost every <laughs> scene between them is iconic of, like, when Iggy comes to rescue Ruth. Like, mm-hmm. another, like, perfect scene in this movie of how stubborn and she brings her dudes with her you know right, like she's her back got her up. back up and like when he pushes her down those fucking stairs i totally forgot about that scene like just whoop.
0: right and like fucking down
1: right on her stomach too like I see i thought she i well i was like oh damn did she lose a baby that's what like, i, I was wondering her. yeah because i was like oh does it turn out that that baby's not even frank's like but i'm like oh no she just didn't miscarry yeah. i guess from it um, so, yeah, so we get the story of that, and she comes back to live in Alabama, yada yada. Uh, so when we get to, though, like, so this is when the whole time this story has been unfolding, and then we're going back into the Evelyn and um, Ninny scenes. <laughs> and then this is when you also get tidbits of uh, Ninny's background uh, with her and Cleo, and that she was like, oh, and she even goes into the whole thing about Albert. And yeah. like her son. Oh man, that got me in the feels. Yeah, that fine. was a really sad story. I know. Um, like I was like, Terry, i like, I totally forgot about that because in my recollections, I kind of was remembering like the ending where I'm like, oh, doesn't it turn out like she's actually itchy? But during I didn't,
0: this, no, I had no recollection But during
1: this rewatch, I was like, there's no way she can be fucking Iggy. Why would she make up, like, this story oh, right, about right. her son Albert? Like, this is a heart-wrenching story. Like, right. what kind of fucked up shit would Iggy be But she were, like, but they didn't that say up? that
0: she was Iggy. She
1: just said, Iggy's alive and she said, yeah, she's around. Oh, I know. But even the director, though, implied that he wanted it to oh. be, like, kind of, like, open-ended or, like, oh, maybe she is Iggy or, Like, he wanted kind of that implication. Mm. So for him to want that implication, that means that Itchy's kind of fucked up. Like, that Itchy, (laughs) like, what, made up this story or was pretending to be her own sister-in-law? Like, which would it, what would, mm. what did he have in mind when he wanted that right. outcome?
0: Yeah, that is weird. It
1: Right? It's weird. So, in my mind, and now that I know in the books it's not true, I'm like, no, Ninny is Ninny and Iggy is Iggy. And she did have her son, Albert. She was married to Cleo. Like, otherwise, the story doesn't actually make sense. Yeah. Right. Like... I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's the direction. Yeah. Was why would you pretend that. to be
0: married to your brother? Then that's weird.
1: Yeah. Gross. Like, <laughs> like double what the fuck.
0: Ninny is ninny.
1: <laughs> And Itchy <edgy> is itchy. Oh.
0: <laughs> I do love like the whole Kathy Bates makeover. She's like doing her aerobics and yeah, got her hair done, her
1: glow up, her glow up, mm-hmm. and then she starts wearing like her. Uh, little dresses with her tinier waist, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and when she she was like that kid, like you know, was being mean. Why are you being so mean to me? I know. <laughs> and he drove off, and she dropped like her bag ripped, and look at my stove top. I know
1: <laughs> she had some really good lines. I know in this movie, even at the beginning. Bless her sweet little heart.
0: She had like uh, like her accent was down. I loved her Southern accent. Yeah,
1: I think hers was very Ooh. accurate. Well, Ed, like this, mm-hmm. the way she said things, it was good. I was like, "Ooh, she's um, been she's been there." Okay, one I just have one thing that I want to point out too about Iggy was multiple times they had her in that weird like diaper romper. I'm assuming that was like
0: men's undergarments, like wearing boxers. Kind oh, of? maybe she was. That's and she what like I was,
1: maybe made it into an outfit. Made it and into she shorts. Would, okay, yeah.
0: That would make sense. Because they did, probably didn't have women's shorts.
1: That would make sense. Because yeah, I'm like, what
0: is she wearing? Like, She's wearing like, it's like a sumo wrestler kind of outlook.
1: <laughs> that cracked me up a few times. And I made a couple of notes on that. I'm like, there it is again. There it is again. Why well, is she wearing a diaper? And then back to Kathy Bates. Um, I did have a couple write down, um, when she's, like, she goes immediately to go talk to Ninny about, um... To Wanda? Yeah, to Wanda! <laughs> and, like, her getting her confidence. And then she even says, like, I want to beat them until they beg for mercy! <laughs> and then she says, machine gun their genitals! <laughs> i'm like evelyn gets her groove back and gives no
0: fucks
1: like, how, many, how many hormones did you take and then when like also she's like mouthing off the edge and she's like not making the suppers anymore <laughs> and and then he's like has the uh the healthy one and he's like what are you trying to do kill evelyn she's like if i was gonna if i was gonna kill you i'd use my hands <laughs> yeah. and she's like stop
0: Bay. Bay. Like on the trampoline, I love that part. That's one of the Cause other I, that, I that scene. That's one scene I do remember singing that song over, like like that, like yeah. oh, whoa, over. Over.
1: <laughs> the way he does it. yeah. So I love the empowering Evelyn scenes yeah. and her evolution and her evolution. Yes, <laughs> yes, girl, because <laughs> she is fabulous. And finally, we had get more into, um, the murder. Because, <laughs> like, Frank has been a creeper in this town, too, for a while. Right. And I'm like, this is a small-ass town. And everyone's like, oh, we know him if he coming to town. Well, he's been traipsing through your main fucking street and ain't nobody caught his yeah. ass. No one's like, oh, shit, Frank's in town. They didn't even know he snuck up the damn stairs to get Ruth when they were standing out front of the house. I know. It blew my mind in that respect. So... That whole part was kind of like, okay, what the fuck, guys? Like, you're kind of like purposely oblivious, almost. Because <laughs> apparently, you would think that Ruth would at least be really aware of, like, oh shit, my husband's in the clan. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, she didn't so, know that. Like, so the just the idea of danger should have been maybe more on on the forefront of their minds. Well, like, she was just pray about it. Oh yeah, that's true. She does admit that. That yeah, she's. <laughs> She's a good god for your woman. She's gonna pray about it, but yeah. like, no, you do something about it, like fucking Sipsy did. Because <laughs> she's the real hero of the fucking she's story. The, <laughs> real hero. Um, sure. that is something to also point out. And George for uh, yeah. doing the barbecue, doing the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that is something that we do need to point out. Um, that was brought up in this movie is that some of um the actors, you know, the people of color in this film were almost used as props a little bit mm-hmm. in that respect. They didn't have a lot of lines. Now, the thing is I did read the actress for Sipsy. She did want to play the role of uh, silence. Um, I don't, it didn't really say why she did, but they were like, no, we do want you to have some lines. But I think it was more of, she felt like she was powerful enough of an actor to not have to necessarily speak. Um, so again, if it's it's one thing if it's their idea, but it's another if it's used because that is something you have to like obviously talk about when you're talking about movies based in the South during certain time periods. Right. So we just got to I just want us to acknowledge that and um Big George should have had more dialogue in that respect, I feel like. But I think too they were trying to show that, yeah, they were cool with the the white people who were cool with them, but that, you know, people of color still had to behave a certain way, you know, when they're around other white people. To you be know, safe. Yeah, to be yeah. safe. Like, and that was a thing. It was kind of sometimes you had to like, also acknowledge it was for their own safety. Um, so if you're going to be accurate, maybe in a film, you do have to portray the actors possibly like that, you know. But... This movie also, I remember watching as a kid, was uh, a big deal for that, too, of showing, you know what I mean? Like, the racism that existed Mm -hmm. still in the communities in the South. And then, too, you find out, because it is, like, at first you're like, ugh, it's troublesome if it is, like, Iggy killed him and the you know, you're making the black people like cover it up right, for you because right. you're the white lady or something. Right. Cause you will know like, get away with yeah, it or Yeah. Cause you would be directly putting them at risk. So then you, at least you do find out, okay, it was Sipsy who, who killed the guy. And Iggy is helping them cover it up. Yeah. So, okay, cool. You know, like, at least it was that and not, like, a horrible stereotype that so many things did happen of white women blaming, like, right. a black person for their crime or misdeed or whatever. whatever. Um, but yeah, then obviously that was probably a prominent issue during that time. I'm sure. So, it was, uh, this movie I feel like did kind of, like, hit, though, on a lot of those things, you know, like being gay like during this time um being a person of color during this time mm-hmm. what a problem the clan actually was right. during this time and just racism in general exactly you know. uh and then also Hateful they they did look into it in the 20s the clan was at its most prominent and largest also in part because it was basically a ponzi scheme you had to like pay membership and like you would get people so it was was a a pyramid scheme it was it was basically like the racist white man's mlm (laughs) i'm not even joking like for 250 dollars you can get this white robe yeah like what the fuck like, when I read that, I, that was something I've never been taught, like, and to no, know that, that that was, I didn't know that was, like, That makes a, thing. a lot of
0: sense, though. Right?
1: Like, and you're like, these pieces of fucking shit. Like, yeah. like, it just, like, enraged me even more, where I'm like, okay, so it was just, like, your fucking male, like, racist Mary Kay, like, Avon bullshit right. for, like, the 1920s, man. Like, it was Infuriating. He wants to be anonymous and, uh, do hateful shit to... And go burn some crosses on some lawns yeah. or what. Like, oh my God. And yeah. murder. And they murder. Fucking yeah. murder. Yeah. And fucking murder people. <laughs> like, yeah, so... But it's okay because nobody can see her face. Yeah. So I... This movie was real in that. Like, I like even when Iggy is, like, kind of even calling out the sheriff and was like, oh, you don't think we don't recognize uh-huh. you, you don't guys you change your your fucking your shoes. fucking shoes? Yeah. Um... But then they do have the scene later where he's telling them to leave. So is it just like, oh, hey, this is our clan. We got our
0: own clan around here. We we, need yours. We
1: monitor how we want things ran. Or like, Like,
0: yeah. That was how I took it.
1: And that was infuriating, too, to like have to watch. And then knowing, though, that like Iggy is always kind of on good terms with the sheriff. So then it's almost kind of like... You know, yeah,
0: like oh, he's supposed to be oh, but he's endearing, so it's yeah, okay, like he's but never the fucking but, KKK, yeah, like,
1: it, like that's Ew. the thing. Was he? They never. I'm like, well, well the she way said she he talked,
0: didn't change her shoes. I'm assuming that she,
1: she was referring to him. Then, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, so they're all just pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm getting at. Is it's hard to make endearing char- Southern characters at, during these time periods Right. because. Ultimately, they were still upholding this horrific way of living, right, like essentially, right. you know, of the culture and society at that time. So, yeah, it's kind of good. And then, like, knowing Iggy's even like friends with these people. But oh, but it's okay because she's friends with Big George, you know. Like, no, that doesn't make it. I mean, it she okay. kind of
0: has to be friends with them to have any kind of safety in the town. I
1: get, yeah, and maybe that's what it is too. So it is. It's a lot of like nuance and navigation and everything. So,
0: and I feel like that makes it more realistic too. Though, it did, and know? I think that is
1: what makes you do movie. have to kind of
0: play both sides to be able to live.
1: Yeah, and to maybe get what she needed out of. I mean, obviously, the white side has the privilege and the law behind them and everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense.
0: And at least she's trying to use her privilege a little
1: bit. Yeah, and and with the trial and everything. But really, it was the fucking reverend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that swore on a Moby Dick.
1: (laughs) And he's basically like, yeah, we're just going to cover up the murder of this man. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you go to church. (laughs) yeah and to find out that was his whole motivation yeah just wanted
0: her to come back to church
1: yeah but i'm like so yeah everyone's morals here are very loose
0: (laughs) i'm okay with that i'm like i feel like he's a wife beater nobody's gonna miss him yeah
1: exactly but yeah that's where this movie is more realistic though because everyone is uh following their own shades of gray (laughs) uh for sure (laughs) yeah
0: it was uh you know probably a little less law and order back then
1: Yeah, I mean, because it was like... They kept
0: saying the 20s, but I swear on the screen it said 1933
1: at one point. Well, I think there is supposed to be time that's passed. Maybe it's like... So I think it is...
0: Started out in 1920s. I
1: think so. And I think also it's supposed to be like kind of spurring into the depression as well. Okay. uh, Which I don't think that even started until the late 20s like i think it when the stock market crashed it was like 1929 yeah and
0: they didn't really talk much about like the like world war Two or anything no time.
1: they just said it was after the great war and i think the great war is what people called world war one okay and then so i think it's supposed to be right before world war Two, and yeah again during the depression so that was though i think mostly the, the 30s mm-hmm. which would also explain when she's like tossing the food to, like, those those camping people and stuff. Like, that was really prominent um, during the Depression, which, yeah. yeah, would have been that time era. So you're probably right. There probably was some, even, like, 33. Because remember, even the um, agent from Georgia is supposed to be coming back every year, and at one point, she's like, he's been coming back here for five years. So there's supposed to be, like, years at a time that we're seeing pass sometimes. Which I thought
0: was so funny, and he was so hell-bent on that. There's no body... There's no evidence. The car's been was, submerged for all the time. Was he a federal
1: agent? No. Okay, that's what I missed. Because I was like, what the fuck? is was this detective. Guy? Okay, so he has no fucking jurisdiction. Right. And he's like, oh, I'll take you back to Georgia. No, you won't. Because <laughs> either way, the crime was committed in Alabama. <laughs>
0: in Alabama.
1: And the sheriff ain't looking for shit. Right. Then, so the, he yeah, doesn't give shit. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, no one in Georgia. Okay, so for one, I'm like... I don't know though what the laws in the twenties were at yeah, the time, right. so maybe they could do that. No, but I feel like juicy. I feel like that's really inaccurate. No, I just feel <laughs> like no detective was able to cross state lines and do any of that. Well, because he didn't
0: mm-hmm. really, he made Grady arrest her.
1: Oh, that's true. So maybe he did just take the right channels or whatever. But either way, he was like, "Oh, well, we're gonna like take you to Georgia." They still shouldn't have been tried in Georgia. The crime was not in Georgia.
0: Well, because he was a Georgia uh, resident. Oh, (laughs) because he was a Georgia Klan member. Right. Uh. He was in the government. (laughs) Like
1: what the fuck? I know they never even say what Frank Bennett actually does. Anyway, Uh. so I don't think he was. I mean, he lived in a fucking hovel. He lived on, like, an empty farm. Frank Bennett, you ain't shit. (laughs) You ain't gonna be shit. You ain't
0: shit, you ain't gonna be shit.
1: (laughs) Well, you're gonna be shit, but not...
0: No. Well, yeah, shit, because you were Mm eaten. Is that where you're going
1: with that? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so some of the movie in certain spots, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And then some, you're like, no, come on. It's just ridiculous. Like, during this rewatch, still loved it, though. Yeah. Everything about it was epic. Um the scene when they start getting towards the end so they've had this lifetime they've got away with murder they've established their kind of like family with Big George and Sipsy and themselves and them running the restaurant all four of them together yeah Buddy Junior he survives his accident so theme's things seem okay and they do point out that it was like a year after the trial is when Ruth starts getting sick.
0: Like that fall.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it kind of sucks for them. Um, and yeah, Ruth just slowly dies of cancer. And that scene ooh. Oh, that was I cried. I cried so much. There is <laughs> one line though I have written down and it's when she says something to her about being settled or something like that, and then Iggy says, "I'm as settled as I ever hope to be." Yeah, and that part just like broke, broke my I heart because, like, for them, that especially being lesbians during the 1920s, mm. that would be like as settled as you'd ever hope to be. Right. You know, like essentially, you're married. You yeah. know, like this is like your family. This was your life. That, and for Iggy, it probably is the life that she always wanted to build. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ruth. I don't think ever like, I don't think Ruth came into her sexuality, uh, probably until later and because of Iggy. And then because she was just so bent on, I have to be what, I'm supposed, I'm, sub- to be. what I'm supposed to be as, as, you know, this perfect God fearing, you know, Southern woman. Right. Um, Lady. She yeah. lady at
0: all times. Exactly.
1: But Iggy has always accepted her otherness, you know, and yeah. probably always imagined, like, this is the best life that she could have, like, hoped for. So, mm-hmm.
0: it was just so I sad know. to me. Especially since you didn't get very long. I know.
1: Oh, man. I was, like, I even put, I was, like, man, this hits very deep watching us as, like, an adult. I'm, like, it is heartbreaking. It was,
0: man. <laughs> when she was, like... A lady always knows when to leave. I but... know. Oh my god. I'm getting like teary eyed thinking you know. about it now.
1: And just Damn, you fuck right into I know. <laughs> and um, the actress who played Sipsy's performance, like, she was so good in she it. She was also in The Help. Yeah. And then when she was even saying, like, you know, like telling her, like, even her saying goodbye to Bruce like, it was so sad because she grew up and she loved Bruce too. Like, everyone loved Bruce. Yeah, it was a heart-wrenching scene. And so you go from that, and then you go into Evelyn Couch, going into uh, Ninny's room. Oh, I know. Thinking that she's dead. (laughs) Thinking that she's dead, because she's like, Because I was like, oh my gosh, she died? I know. I thought so, too. I was like, wait, she does die? I know. And I'm like, getting even more worked up and start crying. And then you, turns out, oh, it's Mrs. Otis. Yeah. And the whole time, I thought... That was what I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, isn't it like Ninny's like, oh, I'm only here for Mrs. Oh, and it was not keep real. You thinking it yeah. wasn't real. I thought but she like, was like,
0: you know, not hallucinating. But yeah, like,
1: but like, no, she was perfectly capable right. of taking care of herself still. But then that makes it all the more fucked up that no one told her. Now, I understand why Kathy Bates may not have, because she, I think, really did assume, no, she lives in this retirement right, home. Right, right. She's not going to go home. But the other lady, Mrs. Otis's daughter... daughter Should have told her. Yeah, because she was like, well, I don't want to break her heart. Well, if your mom dies
0: and she Why didn't nobody her? told her that that was, like, in danger of happening? Her house being condemned? Right? How was her house condemned? Or was And how she... are they allowed to just tear it down without her permission? That's what I'm saying. If she owns everything. If she owns the property. Right?
1: Your house can't be on her own property being <laughs> condemned? Well, because all of those other shitty houses were around there and they were still intact, right. why did you just tear down the one in the and entire left shitty town? And shit intact, yeah. They, but that's what I'm saying. All of the store, the old stores around there were falling yeah. apart as well. So why did they only tear down hers? Right. But all the other shacks to the force her up? into. I don't uh, know nursing home. It was fucked up. Though. Yeah, I was like, that is
0: fucked up. And then her just like,
1: am I going crazy? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And her just sitting in the road on her stomach. I know. <laughs> like I was crying just <laughs> to the, the whole
0: 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah,
1: like the whole last of it. <clears throat> so by this time it was late last night. And yeah, they see that basically she's like, the cafe's closed. And then she was like, oh, here's here's the entire cast at the graveyard. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, walking by, and that bird jacket that she's wearing at the end of it, Jessica Tandy, it's like... Almost like a kimono. It's, like, not a jacket jacket, but it's, like, a long duster, almost, if you will. Okay. But it looked like it had, like, a bird print or, like, embroidery on it. It was beautiful, dude. I I
0: missed it. Oh, yeah. It's
1: just what she's wearing at the end of the movie when she's hanging out with Kathy Bates' character. But it's a beautiful jacket. I just, I took a note of it. I was like, oh, my God, I want this virgin. (laughs) And uh, we get a nice wrap-up of how she's like, oh, once the cafe closed, like, the, the town pretty much, like, dries up a little bit.
0: Because the train stopped running, too.
1: Yeah. So, like, it kind of just became a dead zone, oh, I good. guess. good. Maybe nobody lost an arm or their life anymore. <laughs> and so she does decide that she's going to come stay with Evelyn. Um, they talk about, yeah, this is where they kind of cop out. and are like, best friends. Like, yeah, no, it's yeah. love.
0: Love is <laughs> I still thought that was sweet, though. Like, it
1: was sweet. I imagined uh, Jessica Tandy just like winking at her and then like bursting into stardust. <laughs> That's how I wanted it. 10. <laughs> you discovered the secrets. Having me to fly away now. I know. Well, because I thought. <laughs> Like that's how it's inter- just
0: turned into bees. Yes. Oh my
1: god. Yes. Like the bees. The bees not the bees.
0: <laughs> that's what I wrote down in my notes. Not the bees. Not the
1: bees. So that was it. That, that was, was fry green maters. Fry green maters and I love the scene when she brings her the fry green maters. And she's like mm. <laughs> I was like, that's such a cute old lady thing
0: to do. It like, is. oh, I love a cute old lady <laughs> And how her. she eats them. Yeah.
1: Like, I just loved it. Uh, that was also a fun fact was, I guess, technically, before 1991, fried green tomatoes were a thing, but they really weren't, like, that popular. popular it was movie. this movie. Yeah, that spurred it all words. Boom! It became an official
0: Southern staple. Because it is fucking delicious. I
1: mean, I did grow up with them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we were also born in the 80s, so it's not like. I mean, this movie came out in 91, so not too much after, so I don't know. I feel like our family did it even before the movie. I do feel like it was still kind of like a normal thing, thing, probably, for them. Um, It's probably just
0: them damn Yankees didn't know about it until this movie came out.
1: (laughs) So, good pick, Rachel. You covered all the bases (laughs) for us. (laughs) It was yeah a heart-wrenching story with love but also about friendship and Woman women empowerment. empowerment and best friends and good food oh, Yeah, <laughs> food shots good food mm-hmm. and yeah just a great movie so it is a great movie i will always love it um mm. it's still held up yeah still held up i'll watch it again Tawanda. Tawanda. <laughs> and as always, you can find us at Film Gazers uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to, again, try to commit to, to being a little more active on Twitter and these other things. I'm doing scheduled posts, guys. Like, I'm, we're trying to do what we can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, with us,
1: with us. Remember, you can find the invite to the Discord on Twitter. So come on, hang out with us. We did release the mini sewed on our Discord a few days early. So I am gonna kind of make that like a perk for being a perk of <laughs>
0: entice everybody. Everyone
1: <laughs> exclusive <laughs> will be just releases. rushing to join this Discord now. Yeah, they're like, what? I can get we can listen first of five minutes of you guys fucking things up.
0: <laughs> Count me in I've not being able to pronounce shit. <laughs>
1: Meteorological. Meteorological. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking forward to watching uh, the next film. For the next episode, we are going to be doing Becky's Pick, which is A Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. See if I like it, then go around. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I've actually been wanting to watch
0: this movie again. Oh, I actually thought about it too because I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that and see if it's like, because it, like, nothing holds up to when you're like 14 years old. Yeah. So, see if I like it. Right, so I was already planning on watching it anyway.
1: Oh well, there we go, perfect. We both were wanting to watch rewatch this movie, and I love Heath Ledger, so yeah, okay. I think like I we're said, to I see him again. I really think you're gonna like it more this go around mm-hmm. for sure. Well, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh time to hit the dusted trail.
0: Until next time, later, later taters. taters.